Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those that are voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. This week, we return with one of our first ever themes, the ghosts of war. These stories follow those who've encountered horrifying apparitions and paranormal experiences while on the battlefield, some while on duty and others long after the fight has ended. First, I'll recount a shocking encounter on a naval warship. Next, we'll work at a Hawaiian motel and learn about a group of deadly ancient warriors. And finally, we'll camp out on a battlefield in Russia and encounter some violent memories. Today's episode was recorded live at LA Comic-Con. Be sure to follow us on social media to find out where we pop up next, and maybe you too can experience the horrors of something scary in person. We receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and as always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary at And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The Haunting of the USS Forrestal Ships are always a place where spirits have roamed, especially those that have seen bloody battles. Today's story, inspired by Laura S., is a tale whose ghosts remain. When I was little, my dad loved telling me unbelievable stories, but there was one that he waited to tell me until I was ready, whatever that meant. As always, I was skeptical. The story began on the USS Forrestal, an aircraft carrier for the US Navy, where my dad was stationed in the 1970s. Dad worked night shifts, and along with his best friend, Bruce, took turns making supply runs deep below deck. Most of my dad's runs were to the supply room, a dark, cluttered space where no other crew members ever went. One night, my dad had just entered the supply room when, from the corner of his eye, he saw a man watching him from across the room. Dad turned, but the man was gone. Shaken, Dad grabbed the part he needed and hurried back on deck. 
He kept what he'd seen to himself, chalking it up to lack of sleep. But that first sighting was only the beginning. Another night in a different area of the ship, my dad had to travel down an extremely long hallway, so long that it took 15 minutes to go from one side to the other. Five minutes in, my dad began to smell smoke. He couldn't see any in the air, but the stench was bad, bad enough to make him start coughing. Then he heard a terrible sound. A frantic, choking man was running up to him from down the hall, gasping for air. My dad ran for him and saw that the man's white t-shirt was covered in sweat, his eyes sunken in, his mouth toothless and wrinkled. The man reached for my dad's shoulder, but instead of grabbing it, he passed right through my dad's body. By the time dad turned around, the man had vanished. Now dad really wanted to tell someone what he'd seen, but back on deck, he stayed quiet while Bruce made small talk. Navy men weren't known for being honest about their emotions, dad explained, especially if it involved fear. Over the months that followed, he continued to have the creepiest encounters, like hearing laughter in the mess hall after hours, seeing boxes tip over on their own in the supply room, and smelling the same odd smell of smoke in the hallway. Some nights, Dad said, Bruce looked stressed like he was seeing the same things too, but still, for fear of sounding crazy, Dad kept it all to himself. Until one night, just before his tour was about to end, while bringing an engine part up to the deck with Bruce, the two saw four fellow sailors ablaze, leaping into the ocean. Without a word, they sprang into action and jumped overboard after the men. My dad swam to the nearest sailor. He reached out, expecting to feel the heat from the burned man's hand, but instead, it felt like a block of ice. The sailor barely looked human. His charred skin had all but melted off. He gripped my dad's forearm for just an instant before swell washed over them and the sailor was gone. Searchlights beamed down, rafts hit the water, and my dad and Bruce were rescued. No other sailors were found. The story ended with what Bruce said to my dad. Those men weren't alive, were they? No. Dad replied, I saw something like this before, but I was afraid to ask you about it, he admitted. Same here, Bruce replied. Dad said from then on, when he sees something, he speaks up about it no matter what others might think. As for me, I got Dad's message, but I still didn't believe his story. Until, as a freshman in high school, I learned that in 1967, there'd been a huge fire on the USS Forrestal. The flames burned for hours killing 134 crew members, a number of whom died in that long hallway, while several others choked to death from smoke in the supply room. Four men had also caught fire and jumped overboard. It looks like Dad hadn't made it up, after all. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Warriors will follow tradition, even when they're dead. Be respectful of that or suffer their wrath. This next story, inspired by Choco, takes us to Hawaii to encounter this very issue. One summer, when I was a teen growing up in Maui, I helped my aunt with a small motel she owned on the western shore. Mostly older locals stayed there, but we'd get adventurous tourists every now and again wanting to get a look at real Hawaii. Most were respectful of our traditions, but not all. It was near the end of the season, and Trent, an obnoxious photographer from New York, came to stay with us for a week. He carried his camera everywhere, getting up close and taking pictures of locals without permission, hiking around looking to capture the real exotic beauty of Maui. I was looking forward to Trent's last day. His major plan was to capture a shot of the night marchers, but so far had not had any luck. Me and my parents had just moved back to Hawaii then, so I'd actually never heard of them. But if I had, I would have warned Trent to stay away. Yep, tomorrow I'm packing up to sell these pictures of paradise, Trent crowd. But not before one final shot. I've been hearing about the mystical night watcher thing. Was it night marcher, night watcher, real goose? and I'm going to capture it. I just rolled my eyes. Ghosts. I'd let Trent have his fantasies. It was getting late now, and most of the motel patrons were outside by the pool. Then I heard it. A deafening tone from a conch shell. I gripped my temples as the tone drilled further and further into my brain. Finally, it died down and low chance entered the mix. Did my aunt hire a band tonight? I walked outside to the pool to see what was going on. I nearly tripped as I exited the motel. All the patrons who were outside, they were now lying face down on the ground. It was like they dropped whatever they were doing to fall prone on the floor. I was about to call out when I heard Trent rushing into the trees beside me. This is it, my big picture, he exclaimed as he ran into the jungle. I admit, I was curious and a little dumb. I ran after him. Each step was echoed with the loud beat of war drums. I burst in on a clearing, and there was Trent in the center of the trees. But he was not alone. Something was in front of him. A whole legion of decaying bodies floating above the ground in full warrior regalia. They looked like the warriors of old, complete with war paint, markings, and garments. Some wore intricate masks and carried skulls. I could see the source of the music. There were men in the back beating war drums and blowing on conch shells. But they all came to a halt when they encountered Trent. Trent smiled greedily. 
aimed his camera up into the legion of warriors and clicked the flash, and the photo was taken. The chief at the front of the vanguard slowly floated in front of Trent. Trent's eyes widened as the chief tore off his mask and stared him down with two cold, dead eyes. Trent stepped backwards too late, realizing of what he had just done. Wait, I can delete the photo. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Really, he stammered, dropped his camera. But just then, the war drums formed a roll of symphonic tension as the chief's eyes started vibrating like mad. Two piercing streams of electricity shot from the chief's pupils and into Trent's. Trent shaking violently, mouth dropping open. The vibrant lightning engulfed his body. There was a sudden bright flash and Trent was gone. A black silhouette of dust hung in the air where he was. I watched as it blew away in the wind. As it disappeared, I saw the chief now staring at me with that same deathly glare. Without thinking, I dropped to the ground. Putting my arms by my sides, I lay prone. I tried as hard as I could to mimic the patrons of the hotel to show the proper respect. I could hear the war drums start up again as the legion floated towards me. The beat of the drums was so violent, it shook the earth around me, and then, the drumming ceased. I could feel them there. Was it enough? Suddenly, I heard one of them shout, No! It was the Hawaiian word for mine. The drumming resumed, and the music decreased as the warriors moved further from me and into the jungle. And then it was gone. Standing and looking around, all that was left of Trent was his camera. I took it. I ran back to the motel. All the patrons were on their feet now, dusting each other off. My aunt burst out of the main building and came to hug me. I explained what, what had happened, this thing that had happened, and showed her Trent's camera. She just shook her head. He should not have disturbed them. He even knew the legends and sought to disrupt them, my aunt explained. I went through the camera feed and found the final photograph. It was of the chief who led the vanguard. My aunt gasped as she saw the man's face. This man is one of your ancestors from long ago. Your grandmother was a keeper, or kaku, for his burial cave. I'd recognize those feather garments anywhere. You were saved because he claimed nau. That way, no harm would come to you. The rest of the week, my aunt taught me how to stay safe with the night marchers. And I pass this on to you. If you encounter the war drums and you hear the conch tones, be careful. Lie prone before them. Hide yourself in te'i shrubs for better protection. And whatever you do, don't look. Or you too will be dust in the wind. was inspired by Choco. Oh my goodness. Wow. I 
Uh, is anybody familiar with the night marchers, the Hawaiian night marchers at all? This is a very real thing. Um, and the original story that inspired this, it was um, Choco's mother uh, who ran across the, um, it was conch tones and war drums. And then she ran before she saw what would be coming towards her. So we took that and we, inspired by that, we embellished a little bit more with what you're actually supposed to see. I think it is these ancient legends and then having, can you imagine having so much tradition that it follows you into the grave, that that is viewable for everybody afterwards? Has anybody encountered a ghost of one of their ancestors before? Maybe you have and you don't even realize it. Next time you set up camp, be sure to research the history of the area. You don't want to happen upon a battlefield like in this next story, inspired by Harrison. Living near a battlefield in Russia, I found plenty of bullets in my time. In September of 1812, French and Russian forces met in a battle west of Majisk in the Boridno field. Over 70,000 men fell at Boridno, dead or wounded, pierced by artillery shrapnel, bayonets, and most especially the thing that I loved, bullets. The battlefield made a great weekend getaway. I'd set up camp and spend a day or two pacing back and forth through the woods with a metal detector. I was a bit of a history buff, so I loved living through the past. I found a round tight bullet, signature strafing along the side, partially warped head from impact, but intact. A very rare find indeed. I was quite jovial that night while I packed. I would head out tomorrow with the most profitable find I had uncovered at this site. I made sure to keep it in my inner jacket pocket. But that night, something startled me awake. Looking out of the canvas of my tent, I saw two lights floating outside. My heart hammered in my chest. It was silent and eerie. There was no moon above. The lights winked out, then faded back in farther from the tent, winked out, faded back in, farther from the tent. I found a flashlight and pulled out a hatchet from my bag. I scrambled out, heading towards them. As they winked, faded out further away from me. Rushing now towards them, I called out, hello? Then the ghostly lights were rushing back at me. I screamed and started sprinting away. I tripped, crashing through the undergrowth, and I heard new sounds. They were strange and distorted, like they were coming from underwater. The rattle of buckles and belts, the pounding of hooves on damp earth. The sounds got louder as more images started appearing. Figures with rifles running through the trees. Sounds, distant voices, shouting in pain, crying about death. The figures began fluctuating like heat mirages on the horizon. Curses and pleading, echoes. A scream like an animal in pain pierced the night. When it stopped, someone was standing next to me. 
It was a soldier, wearing a uniform, white chaps, a blue and red coat. Shocked, I stared. His hands were patting his gut. I looked down. They were patting a large gash in his stomach. He held his wound tight with his hands. Another gunshot exploded near me. The young man whispered something in French. I turned away from him to see more men. These ones wearing thick green uniforms. They came running through the trees, yelling in Russian. One held a rifle at me, while two others rushed over, slowly raising their weapons. I was standing between them and the French soldier behind me. The one who at first raised his weapon chuckled, then sneered at me, saying something in Russian. A great white flash burst over my face. My heart pounded. But then the light faded, and I found myself alone in an empty forest. It was morning. I was the only one there. I ran back to my campsite. I had lived through a war memory. I had felt the battle of Borodino. But who would believe me? Who would believe me? No one. I returned to a corner store, grabbed more supplies, a camera this time. I went right back to the field and I found the clearing that the ghost lights had led me to. I would keep searching. The past was alive. I was going to live more battles like no one else could. And I would bring back proof this time. Thank you, Harrison, for that story. <laughs> Has anybody been to um, any of the old battlefields, like anywhere? Have you walked around? I personally haven't uh, because uh, I'm sensitive and I'm sensitive to areas that have like a lot of uh, violent history are. There's, there's some places that you couldn't pay me money to go to and battlefields kind of tend to be one of them. Uh, anybody else in here maybe a little sensitive in that way where you can feel when you're somewhere where it's just like, well, I don't really belong here and I don't think I'm going to stay. Please step on up. <clears throat> My name's Nick. Hey, Nick. So I was about 13 visiting Idaho, visiting some family, and we decided to go to a abandoned prison. Okay, that was a decision. Yeah. The whole time, uh, I felt something weird, like I wasn't supposed to be here. I was getting chills every now and then. Uh, the places where I really felt something, just like a really bad feeling in my gut, was in solitary confinement Oof. and where they would hang people. Oh gosh. Wow. And I actually almost got a panic attack from it. I'd imagine so. I've never gone to panic attack before. I don't have any anxiety or anything like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. Uh, thank you, Nick, for sharing. <sighs> Most definitely um, places like that, especially with solitary confinement, uh, the the mental anguish that must be like painted on those walls, That's that's not going to go away. I mean, that's probably going to, even if you tore down the prison, that would be embedded in the ground. I mean, we're very powerful beings, like the energy that we have, and it it imprints upon everything. That's also probably why conventions feel so good, because we're all happy and we're cosplaying and we're just like sharing our nerdery and everything. So yeah, along with places that can cause great anxiety like that, there are places that cause great joy 
Um, one of the things that when I travel, uh, I'm very attracted to older spaces. I don't go to the ones that don't want me to go to them. I, I respect that and recognize that. But sometimes some old churches are um, things like, uh, have you ever been to a deserted mall before? It is an experience, let me tell you. Um, it's usually with deserted malls there, it's not a violent location. Like there wasn't a lot of violence that was there per se. So it's just an overwhelming impression that you have of just like a herd. It's like a herd of people that there's so much history there and it's so eerie and quiet. Um, how about deserted hospitals? Has anybody been to one of those? Yeah. Uh, you, you can skip that one. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's, it's extremely powerful, extremely eerie. I'm sure you could see it on a number of uh, different ghost shows. That's literally one of those places you can't pay me money to go to. It's, it's just, it's not for me. Oh, um, uh, if it wasn't caught by the mic, um, large tenement buildings that were abandoned. Yes. Yeah, um, depending on what part of the world that you're in also, there is another layer um, on top of that. There can be a bondage that has, you know, existed with that. And then levels of poverty also take into account, but it is very strong, very strong energy. Uh, you know, um, enter at your own risk type of a thing with that. So how about we do a quick Q&A and then I'll tell you another family story real quick before we jump into one more story. You? Okay. Mind coming to say it in the mic? And your name first. Hey, my name's John. Um, so you, uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, you yourself are particularly, uh, you know, sensitive to, mm. you know, feeling, you know, forces or kind of spirits and whatnot. Um, I just wanted to know, because I kind of feel that way about myself. Okay. Um, I just wanted to know, is that something that, you know, you've dealt with all your life or did it happen, you know, at a certain age? And, you know, if so, kind of what was the first, you know, encounter or occurrence that kind of brought that to your attention? Ah, oh, that is excellent questions. Okay. Um, this is something that I've had all my life. I would ignore it a lot. That doesn't make it go away though. Uh, it really doesn't. And um, my mother also is one that chooses to ignore, doesn't make it go away. Um, the The things that I feel are, uh, it's called clairaudience, where you, you hear things. And it's like, for me, it's more like a very strong intuitive feeling. And for me, for an early occurrence that I, I had. And um, when I was younger, uh, we lived in London. My mom was in the Navy, so we traveled around a lot, mostly Europe um, on different naval bases. I thought it was a dream. Um, I Has anybody here heard of the, it's the urban legend, um, Bloody Mary? Yeah, where it's like you say her name three times in a mirror and then she will be standing behind you type of a thing. Um, I did that as a kid because, you know, I was a kid, <laughs> dumb. And 
Uh, nothing happened when I did it. It just felt really, really eerie. And then that night, I had one of the most vibrant dreams that I've I've ever had. And um, I was back in my bathroom and standing behind me. It wasn't Bloody Mary. It was, the best way I can describe her is uh, the woman with the red hat. Uh, she, well, s- scared me a lot. Um, and I ended up encountering her again later on in my life at a train station in New Orleans. Um, it was a, a school trip, uh, for, uh, is anybody in here a thespian? Uh, meaning that you are an actor of the stage. Uh, there's an international thespian society. No? Okay. Um, well, it, in any case, we were going to nationals and we were taking the train and we had a layover in, in um, New Orleans. This was before Katrina. New Orleans was a very vibrant city. You could feel the energy when you just, it was like drawing you out. And I actually, it was almost like I heard her again and I started walking, like walking out of the train station. Like my stuff was just over there. I didn't even, I wasn't even aware that I was doing it. And then the, the, the guy that I was dating at the time was like, Hey, where are you going? <laughs> did, did you need to stay with us? I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going, but I was about to walk right out of that train station. And then later on the train that night, I saw her one more time and she seemed like, I don't know, something, something had been taken away from her. It was not a cool feeling. I haven't seen her since then, thank goodness. But I'm, well, in any case, I hope that answered your question. You know, I kind of went into my own creepy occurrence there. Uh, one of the things that you've probably noticed is that I, I do a lot of uh, stones and crystal work. So I also wear protection, protection amulets, protection stones. If you don't do that or you don't believe in that, they're also very pretty, yeah, <laughs> just like to have. So uh, are there any other creepy occurrences or uh, any other questions that you might have coming up? And then come on, come on up closer, you'll be next. And say your name first, please. I'm Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Have there ever been any stories that like really got to you because they were similar to experiences that you had? Ooh, that is a great question. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, there there is one. Uh, with uh, with something scary, I have I've only been with the show for about a month, month and a half now, but. Believe me, I love reading through your stories. Um, just it's beautiful, vibrant stuff. Uh, one of the stories, we haven't had a chance to um, punch it up for the show just yet. But um, one of the stories, it's, well, it's, it's more like, um, I believe the person had a dream with it. And that's where, where it's inspired from. And, the, and I don't remember the user right now. So forgive me, this user, uh, the, the crux of it was though that uh, they woke up in bed, they thought everything was fine, but for some reason it was just so quiet. They got out of bed, walked around their house, and for some reason, in the quiet, everyone had disappeared. Mother and father, gone. 
brother gone. And they walked out of their house and the world was quiet and they were alone. All the people, no sounds. It was like that they had been left behind. And then it was, why me? Why was I the one left behind? And then the POV changes and you realize that that person was actually the one that disappeared from the world. And it's one of those, um, where is my child? Have you seen my child stories? And the reason why that struck me so much is that, um, well, I guess I'll just get into another creepy occurrence. <laughs> I have, I had a cousin that met an extremely unfortunate end. Uh, there are people in the world that are not good to people. And unfortunately, she met her end at the hands of two men such as that. And uh, they hid her body um, where it was likely that she would never be found. Um, but her mother, my aunt, she came to her in a dream, glowing and wearing a white dress, happy and joyful. And she was like, I do not want you to worry about me. Um, here is where I am, and here's who did this. And the, she led the police to the site that my cousin had said that she was buried, and she was buried there. The police said, there is no way that we would have found this. So, this, is, this is in the South. This is in uh, Daytona Beach, and it was just, there was... There was no way that they would have unless they knew where to look. And um, because of that and other evidence that was found, they did capture those two men and they did end up going to prison where they did not last there long. Um, but justice comes in all forms. To bring it back around, um, that story reminded me of that because I, it made me think of what would be their point of view. Is it that they just left the world or is it that the world left them? So that's why that stuck with me. Um, but you had a question and then also you can come up right after him. You'll be next. And then start with your name, please. Yes, hello, my name is Matthew. Hey, Matthew. And I used to work in a shopping center that was mostly closed down. It was only our retail business and a gas station. And at the gas station, one of the doors was a warm 70 degrees from where you would buy the refrigerated items. All the items remained cold, nothing ever expired, but it was always 70 degrees. And one day there was a power outage and still it remained 70 degrees. Have you ever heard of any paranormal activities in relation to heat? Because I can only find in relation to cold. Wow. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, no, right now I haven't, I haven't heard of it being for heat. Definitely always for cold. I know, um, for myself in particular, has anybody here heard of Reiki? Or, um, okay. Reiki is, um, it's like an energy healing. It's supposed to, uh, it, it balances you out and then also it can help with, uh, health problems and the such. But while doing this, um, like um, while getting the sun, I experience cold. It's like heat leaves my body type of a thing. And, and, and many of the occurrences that I've had and then other people have shared with me, it's always been that the heat is leaving you. 
But to, to come across an occurrence where the heat stays, that is incredibly, that's incredible. I'm going to look out for more stories uh, involving temperature then. Thank you for that inspiration. Yes. Oh, can you? How long was your cousin missing before she appeared to her mother? Uh, It was three days. It was three days of just frantic worry and searching, wondering if she had run away somehow. And, And she wouldn't have because she was a new mother. So she wouldn't have she wouldn't have left her um, her baby like that. So that was a long three days. This week's podcast stories were edited by Zach and Brogno, Marquia McCarty, Adam Sinker, and Sapphire Sandalo. Audio edited by Johnny Ashley and Fitz Harris. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit send me an email at somethingscary at snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.